Hey, well, welcome to A Little Better. My name is Daniel. I'll be your host. We have a great conversation around a tough subject today around grief, grieving, and how do you help those who are in the throes of some of the most challenging things that life may throw at you. This uh, conversation is about a message that happened this past Sunday at Northridge Church. If you missed it or you want to dive into that talk, uh, it's Against All Odds, week six, about Jesus. Uh, The title of the message is God Trusting God. We talk a lot about of a story testimony that was given by the Buckle family who lost uh, their one-year-old son uh, due to a heart defect. Uh, This is a very tough conversation, but remember our goal on this podcast is to know Jesus better by the power of his spirit, do better, so together we can be a little better. Hey, well, welcome to the A Little Better podcast. This is installment number six of a series we're calling Trust Issues. How are you guys feeling? I feel tired. (laughs) I feel pretty good. It's a nice, cool morning. Feels great. It's definitely fall outside. It is fall. I had to grab my jacket this morning. It was kind of one of those, oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's coming. Snow's coming, right? This is only my second winter in Rochester, but I know it's coming. Don't worry. Everybody will tell you. Uh, that winter wasn't as bad as it was. Like, right. I hear that. All, everybody's like, yeah, yeah. it's coming. It's and when you live as long as I've lived, you know, that you've had some big ones in the past. <laughs> I believe it for uh. sure. Well, if you're watching us or listening, you probably heard a new voice on the podcast this week. Miss Deb Reed. Yeah. Uh, Miss Deb, tell us a little bit about yourself before we dive in. Well, um, I'm really glad to be here. First of all, <laughs> this is, this is an awesome opportunity to be with you guys and talk about the message. Um, I'm a long-time Webster resident, and been coming to Northridge for almost 10 years. Uh, A little shy of that, but um, we are out at the Webster campus and really excited to be there and be part of that that whole team of people. It's really awesome. Um, My husband and I, Eric, we have uh, three kids and 10 grandchildren, and it's really... Huge blessing, huge blessing. All walking with the Lord right now, and we couldn't be happier. Wow, that's so incredible. It's pretty, it's pretty great. Deb, tell us a little bit about what you did in your career and then what you're doing now. Oh, yeah. Um, I was a teacher for a number of years. I was home for 14 years with the kids and then went back to teaching. And eventually um, just took on an opportunity as being an elementary principal mm. in the Webster District. And that was just a, I think it was a calling Mm-hmm. Um, it was a mission field, and yeah. it was amazing to work with over 500 kids every day, and their assorted parents and grandparents, and you know other um, other people in the district. And you could just really, you know, fill a lot of needs, see a lot of need, and it was um, it was a really awesome opportunity. Mm-hmm. I did that for um, almost 10 years mm-hmm. before I retired. That's and awesome. And it was great, yeah. And now Northridge, she's jumping on our team. Yeah. So what are you going to do? What are you doing now for Northridge? Yeah. Human resources, um, which is kind of, kind of what I did. You know, you're yeah. kind of a teacher of teachers and a supporter and a cheerleader, and um, I feel like that's that's going to be a nice role for me mm-hmm. here, um, doing some staff development and working with the team. Mm-hmm. I love so, it. I yeah, love it. she won't say this out loud, so I will. <laughs> Deb is an amazing leader. Um, gifted leader, and we are 
honored to have you on the team. Oh, that's Absolutely. so sweet. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah, when we were thinking, like, who would be a great female voice on the podcast, mm-hmm. you're the yeah, first one to come up. Oh, that was, that's sweet. It's, uh, you know, all of this is just, I feel like I didn't expect this, and God called, mm-hmm. and you guys reached out, and I'm, I'm just really happy to serve in whatever way I can. Mm. That's incredible. So, that's awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, well, let's dive right into the uh, message this week. Uh, Drew, this week was not an easy softball mm-hmm. at all. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was a heavy uh, message, a great message. Um, and but yeah, so what really stood out to you in prepping this uh, talk, or what was some things that you wrestled with as you wrote? Yeah, I think one, just getting past the buckle story, man, I just found myself crying yeah. and crying and crying and, and being inspired, right? Yeah. I, I don't know how you walk out a Sunday and not inspired by their faith and their yeah. trust in God, That's right? Because sure. if I think, like, if I would make a list of the worst things that could ever happen to me, I think losing my kids is probably the number one yeah. thing. Sure. That would waver my faith, right, mm-hmm. if, I, if sure. I'm being real. And so... Man, every, you know, I heard so many people tell me, hey, good job. I was like, honestly, I just rode the coattails of Kyle yeah. McKenzie's trust yeah. in God, right? Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, they preached it as well. You know, <laughs> like seeing a hard story is like one thing, but like seeing how they're navigating it was another, just it was another level of just impact. Uh, I know to, to my family as well. Mm-hmm. And so Nate Bannell said something at service review that I thought was really interesting. He said, you know, it's always fun to go in the old Testament and see heroes of the faith, but he's also like, it's fun to share stories of heroes of the faith right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Because we don't look at it that way. You know, you yeah. have the recorded Bible, but we're also still, we can be heroes of the faith right now and today. And he's yeah. like the buckles, you know, if we were in ancient times, maybe they would be this story in the old Testament wow. of right. great faith. Yeah. So, right. That's an interesting point of view, for sure. Yeah. Well, what stood out to you, Deb, in this talk? Oh, wow. There was just so much. Um, Their their faith, like Drew said, in in adversity where um, the, the outcome wasn't wasn't at all what they wanted. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. lots of times we hear the stories. I mean, I've got my own of a of a grandchild where the outcome was different than that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the faith that came through that, you know, um, in the ICU, all of that, that just was amazing and how it built my, my daughter's and my son-in-law's faith. But, you know, they had a different, they had a different outcome than that. And um, it just really made me go home and think, because um, I listened to it a couple times, and yeah. it made me go home and think about what, what it takes, like what do you have to have in your stores in order to, to come through that and mm. how God takes you and, and leads you through that. But he also gives you lots of opportunities along the way to build up what you need in store, and it's how you draw on that too. And I think what's interesting is, right, so what we don't want is hard things, but hard things are often the things that produce the greatest amount of trust, right? Like I look at Mac- Mackenzie and Kyle's story, and I'm like, okay, no one wants to walk through that, right? Mm-hmm. No one wants to deal with that. But I, I just believe as they navigate it and as they trust God, the roots of their trust are way deeper because they had to walk through that, Absolutely. right? And, you know, yeah. it's interesting. The very thing we don't want is the greatest producer of the thing that we need the most. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's when you, uh, even just riding your coattail drew a little bit, it's when you walk through that thing well. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily like going through hard things that, lead us to deeper trust in God. It's like when we learn to 
walk through those things well and do that biblical word that Kyle and McKenzie both talked about that the church doesn't talk a lot about, which is lament. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like when you learn to, she had a phrase that she said, and I, and I, when I heard her say it like before Sunday mm-hmm. on the video, and then I heard it two times on Sunday that I just, I've just couldn't get over when she said the term grieving gracefully. Mm. Yeah. I've never heard those two words yeah. set beside each other, but when she said that, I've just, I've wrestled through that and just like mulling it over in my mind and just marinated on that. Like, okay, what does it look like to win life struggle? happens because they will happen again, you know, in my life and everybody's life. What does it look like for us to grieve gracefully um, in the, in the midst of that? And uh, when, when life is hard, what, what steps do, do we take, you know, like how can we model a biblical example or follow even Colin McKenzie's example, or just what wisdom you guys have for people who are in the throes of, trusting God in that difficult. They're stepping into a difficult season. They're in the midst of it, and they feel like, man, I haven't handled this well. I've leaned on things that aren't of God. Like, I've went to a, a medication of, of whatever kind, binge-watching mm-hmm. Netflix. Like, you just try to push it and suppress it, and you haven't dealt with it at all. What what steps would you give for people in that in that camp? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm, man, I think the one of the probably greatest things I learned with grieving with my dad was just being honest with where I was at. Right. And I don't know, it was hard for me because I was like, is it okay for me not to be okay? Right. (laughs) You know, um, but it is right. Like, I love that statement. It's okay not to be okay, but I I think we need to make sure we finish it. Right. It's not okay to stay there either. Right. And part of not staying there is just telling people, Hey, I need help. I'm hurting, right? I think that's why I appreciated their story so much was it was raw and it was real, right? And Jesus, right? He was raw and he was real. Like, I just love that authenticity that in our culture that is so social media driven, you you fail to get it ever. So, you know, everything is so polished, so edited. And when you meet somebody who's just had a place where it's like, I, I just need help. I can't yeah. win this on my own. I think that's the greatest thing I learned in grieving graciously is to grieve with others yeah. and to ask for help. Right. And they talked about that, too. They talked yeah. about going to counseling. They talked about, you know, um, it's got to be hard because you have friends that reach out mm-hmm. and you have... Um, you know, even a family, and they and they don't get it. They yeah. don't get yeah. it in the same way because it's different for everybody. Yep. No matter what your circumstance, it's different. So, the fact that they went to counseling, the fact that they talked to yeah. others, the fact that they talked to each other, yeah. I mean, that in and of itself, mm. I think, is huge because so often those situations pull people apart, and that's not what, certainly not what God intends. And absolutely, so you have to work on that. And I think that you know, for me, when I look back. Um, on so many different things, I think about what God gives us in order to prepare for that. And I mm-hmm. think that those are the gifts yeah. that, you know, we, we sometimes fail to think about. It's, a, it's the grace for each day. Yeah. yeah. It's the appreciation and the gratitude that we can just store up. And I just, I keep coming back to that. You know, what are you storing up? He gives us his word. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to dive into, you think about the songs that we have learned, the songs that we memorize. Those are the things. I mean, I think about sitting with baby Brenna in the ICU, and and it was bleak. It didn't look yeah. good. And um, 
the, you know, I need you, Lord, I need you, mm. just kept coming and coming and coming. <laughs> mm. And now, you know, I sing that to her when I rock her to sleep or whatever, because yeah. I had the privilege of being with her. Mm. And um, so those things and God's word and the scripture we memorize are all things that, you know, we can't wait on. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. are things we got to, we've got to dive into now and live by and then really hold them in our bank, hold yeah. them in that bank inside our soul because mm. they come they come back out, and when they come out, you know, they come out just because the Holy Spirit drives them right, right. out of there yeah, when, when you right. need them. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, that's, um, I think about what they did and how they reached out and, and what they had in store, too. They had they yeah. had stuff in store that they could draw mm. on, so that was, yeah. that was And the good patience they had with themselves. I, again, I, yeah. the things they said, I was just like, oh, yeah. man, that's so good. Oh, man, like, how... <laughs> yeah. how like yeah. teach me your ways. Yeah. I wish I could say, but the, they even said giving yourself grace when mm. your trust isn't there, mm-hmm. right? Because it's that journey of trust. It, yeah. You know, they didn't just go through that circumstance and be like, "Oh, I trust God," right? No, it was yeah. a journey where there were probably moments where they were like, "No, God, I'm not trusting you right mm-hmm. now." And giving yourself grace when you do mess up trust, right? Yeah. It's a journey. It's not just a one time decision. Yeah. It's a it's a battle, and so being patient with yourself. Right yeah. in the bad moments to lead you to the good moments, I think is a, another thing that just like you know, it's a journey. So you're gonna have to give yourself grace. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah, it's not this just flip of a light switch decision of like, okay, we're gonna trust God through this. Like flip the light right. switch. It's like mm-hmm. you know, Mackenzie talked about in that video of like when you suppress it or when you do ignore it, and then you feel like you started mile one of a marathon oh, all yeah. over again. Yeah. And it's like exhausting. okay. Here's this journey. Okay, this is. I thought I was through this. Now it's resurfaced. You know, we've had things in our family's life. The same thing. It's like, okay, I thought I was done with this, but here it is again. Now I have to, you know, okay, I'm still handing this over, yeah. you know, to God yeah. in the midst of that. Um, you guys and the buckles highlighted so many things of like Christian community. How valuable yeah. having other people mm-hmm. around you in the midst of the good times and the painful things. Absolutely. Uh, you guys highlighted and Mackenzie highlighted uh, of memorizing scripture of like going to the Psalms and praying honestly, yep. yeah. you know, I think in the Psalms, a lot of the times we have just honest words from, from David yeah. and others that, that may have the perception of like contradicting other places in scripture. One that mm. comes out of my mi- mind is like Psalms three, where David says, you know, break the teeth of my enemies, mm. you know, and he's praying that when his son or uh, has backstabbed him and, and like, and Jesus says, wait, turn the other cheek. Well, how do you like reconcile the two of those things? And, uh, you know, I, I think, and other scholars would say, like, David prayed that prayer so he wouldn't go and do that thing. Mm. Um, and so it's like, we can be honest with God in the sense of, like, we can, like, let it out and be honest with where we're at um, so that God can, when we come to God in prayer, we have that intimacy and that encounter mm. with him changes us and it shapes our heart. That's why in our grief, we should be driven to God and his word and not driven to other things right. because when yeah. we go there we just like we're we're in a state where it's like we have no control almost. Yeah. Right. Um, the enemy and, wants to pull us there yeah doesn't he? yeah, yeah. He really wants to and pull. so yeah and that's just a that's a difficult thing when you got to be driven to the right places in that midst of that grief but it's yeah. like Debbie you're saying it, you, it's got to be a, a rhythm of your life before that time comes it can't be yeah. oh I'll do that when that time comes it's like almost this rhythm of that community and that being yeah. in God's word and and in the midst of well, and Mackenzie even things. alluded to that. She said we had this deep relationship with yeah. God, right? And 
maybe that was the very roots that helped them mm-hmm. go yeah. through this, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think about God, like I, I always view, this sounds bad, but God is a, a counselor, and right, what is a counselor, right? He's a place you can go and just be safe, mm-hmm. right? And I think too many people don't take advantage of God as the safe place, the refuge yeah. of like, I can go and say anything, like anything. Because he knows anyway. Right? He, exactly. <laughs> so if you're thinking it, you've already said it already to God, said right? It. Like, oh, shoot, I can't tell that to God. Like, wait. And just being, I, I, like, I love that, this moment in Jesus' life where he's like, I don't, like, I really don't want to do this, yeah. right? This is God himself, right? Yeah. And no one could blame him. Who, who would want to do what he did? But, like, it just gives us an example of raw, real prayers, not formed. And don't get me wrong, there's a... There's a great time for formed absolutely. prayers, right? We pray the scriptures. Yeah, absolutely. But there's also a time where you just need to tell God exactly how you're feeling in the in the normal language that you feel it, right? right. Yeah. Well, that doesn't that that's what draws us in relationship. I mean, yeah. that's what draws us in relationship with each other, and certainly that's what God wants from us is yeah. that relationship. And so when we come, and we don't always come first. Yeah. That, you know, it's, sometimes it's like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> That's where I'm supposed to go. You know, you mm. just, you get overcome with, with uh, worry or grief mm. or whatever it is. And, you know, it's just training ourselves. And it's not to say, you know, when I said that, it's not to say that if you're in a place where that hasn't been part of your life, that rhythm, like you talked yeah. about, Drew, it doesn't mean it, it can't be, or it doesn't That's mean right. that you just can't go, yeah. go now right. and say, this is, this is yeah. where I am. Mm. Open yeah. up the book and it's there. Yeah, it's absolutely. Just, That's it's good. There. And there's something uh, like part of prayer that I think listening is. We talked about this because we're writing a, a sermon series on habits right mm-hmm. now. Habits that will change your life. And we're, right now we we started yesterday on prayer. And part of prayer is listening. And I remember I, I can distinctly remember a couple of times where I would pray a prayer that I thought was real, and I would pause, and I could hear like not audibly, but like the Holy Spirit just say, "Come on, right? You know you have more." Right. You, yeah. you know, you left some there. Right. Like, yeah. and it's like, yeah, like I just think in prayer, we have to even listen to yeah. like, OK. Yeah, you're right, God. OK, yeah. I'll, I'll do this again. You know, yeah. like because he knows and that's that part of that relationship that you're talking about is just this. Yeah. I'm going to talk to God, but I'm also going to I'm going to create space to listen to yeah. God. And Absolutely. that's and that's some uncomfortable for some people in our tradition of like, you know, we would be more baptistic, but we don't claim to be like a Baptist church in that regard. And that whole idea of prayer, of talking with God, we we think of like formulated words. We need a lot of words mm. and we need to be talking and praying for a long time means I had a lot of things to say. Yeah. I wrote a really good term paper, <laughs> uh, but it's like, no, that's not at all. Yeah. Like part of prayer, if it is talking with God, we would never define of talking with our spouse as we're the ones that has all the words. <laughs> that wouldn't work like, well, would it? Yeah, that wouldn't be good at all. <laughs> I've done that a couple of times, <laughs> and it, so it does not work. Like, are you done? He's <laughs> like, are you done? <laughs> yeah, like, I can yeah. remember, like, Rena and I being in conversations, and I'm just so excited, and I'm talking about all these things. She's like, okay, are you are you done? Because <laughs> Would I got, you like I me to respond? Would you like yeah, me to respond yeah. now? Like, and another thing, and another thing. It's like, right. no, it's like, it's being, it's quieting our hearts mm. and, um, and being present with God um, and being able to sit, and quiet. And, mm. you know, our, some of our ancient church fathers have been, have said that's one of the most uncomfortable places for the modern mm. man, because we just feel like I got to have something else. I'm, I'm constantly distracted. And, 
And if and if you do get distracted, um, you know, this is not my wisdom or words. Rich Velotis, pastor in New York City, he says, if you get distracted a hundred times in prayer, it's a hundred and one opportunities to come back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so just yeah. continue to return to him and return to him and Absolutely. return to him again yeah. um, in the midst of that. Well, that whole idea of of taking time and having solitude is really, it gets more and more foreign, I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that's where... You know that's where that's where I have to go. Yeah, I have to find that space because I'm I'm unhappy if I don't if I don't have that solitude. Yeah, um, yeah. At times, so it's, it's one of the blessings of grief. Grief too, right? Yeah. It forces you. It makes you feel alone. Yeah. Right, and yeah. that it sometimes it makes you just sit in silence or in tears. Right, yeah. nothing mm-hmm. to say, but yeah. all you know, all ears. Like that's I, this sounds almost like an oxymoron, but the blessing of grief. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's well, it's a it's a refiner, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that, yeah. in in whatever way it works, it refines us. All those hard, mm-hmm. all those hard places, mm-hmm. um, mold us and shape us differently, and in the way that God wants us to. Because it was allowed. Yeah. Whatever happened, yep. yeah. uh, you know, was was part of the plan. So mm-hmm. it's uh, we have to use it as an opportunity to be yeah. refined. Yep. Um, don't want to waste that. No, absolutely. No, you know, you guys have talked, we're talking about these, there's actually two groups of people that are present in the midst of this conversation around grief. It's those who are going through grief, which we talked a lot about, but it's also, there's these other people that we haven't really dove into. If you're in this camp, what if you're that, that support network for that friend who is going through grief? Um, what are some wisdom or just some things that you can, we guys, we can pour out to them of, okay, how do I navigate that well? Because Colin McKenzie talked about a few things that their support network did really well, but also they hit some areas where they were like, you know, they just couldn't relate. Um, what wisdom would you have for people um, who are supporting others or all that are that network that they get the phone call that like, hey, somebody just passed away or we're mm. going through this, th- we just had this bomb dropped on us. Mm. Uh, what would you say to that group of people? Of, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I go to back to experiences. Um, one experience was with a, um, I'm not sure about believer, uh, who was experiencing the end of her life with, mm. with cancer and, um, asked me to be her essential visitor in the hospital during COVID. And, um, like, I, I didn't get that because I I hadn't gone, I felt like I hadn't gone through that many experiences with that kind yeah. of thing to be able to do that with her. Um, so I found <laughs> what I did is I just, you know, I sat with her and I held her hand and I just let her talk. And she was a talker, so it worked out well for me. <laughs> you know, yeah. she was a, she was willing to just talk about all these things of her life, and she, mm. you know, she knew what was coming. And um, so I think that sometimes it's that we don't have to fill that void. We just sort of have so, to fill that yes, space. So you know, we just have to be there mm. um, and let them talk or not talk. Uh, whatever it is, and let just let God's presence yeah. just come over like a warm blanket so and yeah. say, you know, I'm here mm. and and I'm doing the best I can do, and I don't I don't know what to do for you. And I remember saying that to her, I don't know what to do for you. Mm. I don't know how you feel. I don't yeah. I, I don't know, but I'm here, and well, do whatever whatever you think will make it better for mm. you. And um, 
you know, I prayed with her when I got there. I prayed with her when I left her. I prayed with her as often as I could because mm. that's what I knew how to do for her. Yeah. Yeah. And the other example I think of is my sister-in-law, who shortly after our granddaughter's experience, um, her husband fell and hit his head, and he never, he never came back from that. Mm. He... Um, and, you know, in a number of days, she had to decide to discontinue life support. And she was an amazing, an amazing example of gracious grieving, of doing... She had the doctors and the nurses. I think they all went home and were believers mm. after, wow. after her. That's she awesome. just accepted God's plan. Mm. She, and she moved on. She comforted everyone else. And she still does. And mm, it's, you know, it's awesome. amazing. So for her, it's again, um, you know, trying to fill that, that void because he's gone and yeah. she's, she doesn't have him anymore. Mm. But, um, you know, listening and, and talking and just anything they need, knowing what they what, what's special to them and trying to fill some of those, um, some of those gaps and some of those holes and lots of prayer. Mm. Yeah. You took the words yeah. out of my mouth. I would I would just yeah. say presence is the powerful thing. And you know, yeah. right? Because right. you've experienced. That I think that we way. put so much like like pressure on ourselves to say the right things. Yeah. There's no yeah. right thing to say. No. Yeah. And sometimes just telling people, listen, I don't get what you're going through. Like that's that that means something. Like, yeah. but I'm here for you, yeah. right? Yeah. I'll and you know the Bible says mourn with those who mourn. Right? Yeah. Mourning is not. Hey, let me say this perfect thing that's gonna make you feel better. That, there, that doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so stop like trying to figure out what you're <laughs> gonna say and just go there, right? Yeah. And embrace the awkward. It's gonna be awkward for everybody, right? Yeah. Grief is weird. It's ugly. But I remember when I was in in Israel, right, and mm. I got the news of my dad. All I remember is Connor. Aaron and my wife just holding me, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't say anything. They eventually prayed for me, but it was awkward for everybody, right? Like I'm mourning like I've never mourned before and they're, yeah. everybody's kind of like, and there's just presence, like their presence gave me a mm -hmm. sense of peace yeah. that you can't explain. Yeah, one of the most awkward spots to be in um, is I can remember going through my mind of like standing in a, you know, receiving line in a funeral home, mm. right? It's like you're in yeah. your mind of just like, okay, what am I going to say when I get up there? Like I got to, you know, this is one of my good friends, my close friends. I know these people, they've just lost their grandparents or their parents or, you know, cousin, whoever the case would be. And you're like, okay, what is the thing I'm going to say? I've got five seconds. I got to, you know, make it memorable. It's like, no, that's yeah. not the thing at all. It's a, uh, and so like, I, I just remember so much anxiety, you know, within me of like standing in the line, like, okay, I got to say, it's like one of my best friends. I got to make sure he remembers. And I've just, you know, stopped all that since then of just saying, I have no words, but I'm here. You know, yeah. it's like, that's my go-to, my go-to line now of like, Hey, if you want me to be there, I'll, I'll be there. Because I think one of the worst things that we can do, if we're the person that is trying to be leaned upon, uh, in those grieving situations is attempt to relate mm -hmm. um, because no matter if you have been through that thing or right. been through a worse thing, you right. know, um, it doesn't matter. Right. None of that matters because you're not the one grieving in that moment. Yep. And mm -hmm. you got to let that grief be real because it is real mm -hmm. to that other person. And you can't say, well, I know what you're going through. It's mm -hmm. like, no, you don't. I just want to punch <laughs> you in the mouth for saying that. Like, <laughs> it's like, no, you don't yep. know what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. um, and, and another thing that it feels weirdly unchristian to say this, but like, 
probably giving a Bible verse is not the best thing in that yeah. moment. You know, it's like, yeah. um, it's just being present with that person, mourn with those who mourn. It's yeah. like, it's a very biblical thing of just being present with that person. And when they're ready for words, most of the time, they ask. Yeah. You know, yeah. they, they ask you, it's like, well, what do you think? Or yeah. there'll be a right moment, but it's not that moment. Let them speak first, actually, yeah. right? Let them be the first to say words. And the power of touch, right? Maybe oh, this yeah. is just me, but I, I'm a physical touch guy the power of a hug that I can just ball into, right? Yeah. Like I remember distinctly my father-in-law, uh, my Southern dad, when they saw me, they didn't say anything. They just grabbed me and hugged me. Yeah, and man. I bawled and like, even it was, it, there were the longest hugs I think I've ever had, like yeah. minutes and, you know, like five minute hugs of just like, I'm not letting you go. You know, I'm here if you need me. Yeah. 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 I think, I think sometimes too, we forget that um, the, the grief is not short. Yeah, that that process isn't short, and so you know we we're there for the for the moment or the moments, and then we're away and we're in our life, and we have to remember to come back mm. and just keep touching on on that. You know, maybe in a, in a way that's not even comfortable because maybe that's not what we've done in the past. Mm. But there's a huge void in that person's life, and we need to think about how we fill that differently yeah. than maybe we have in the past. Yeah. And um, just coming back to that, and uh, because that's that's always in the front of, of their mind. It's yeah. always there, and it's not always there for us in the same way. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, thinking about that is really um, uh, that's something that I have to push myself to do, you know, to because you kind of don't want to keep going there. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you're not really going there. You're just, it's that support. Yeah. It's yeah. that, you know, that um, compassionate support that we have to, that we're called, I mean, we're called to provide that and we need to do it. Uh, and it's, it, it feels good too when you, when you do. So um, it goes both ways. Yeah, being okay being that second wave too, right? Yeah. Like I think there's waves of support, right? Because you have your initial people who are just going to go and, and be there. But then not only like being there, like if that's you, creating a system where you're like, hey, I need to check in on that this person, yeah. right? It's easy yeah. to do that like initial like, oh, yeah, did that's that happen? Right, yeah. you know, and then like, you know, a week later, even just if it's a text, hey, I'm available. Would you like to get together? And pressing through the like, when you're grieving, you just want to push everybody away, right? You do. And, like, you need friends that are going to be like, I think you need me now, right? Yeah. Like, are you sure? I'm here. I'm coming over, right? Like, there there were times where people were like, no, I'm, I'm coming to get you. We're, we're, we're going out, right? And just yeah. mm. waves of, like, even knowing when to push and when not to. Yeah. I think that was the hardest thing with my mom is, like, I was grieving and she was grieving. Yeah. But, like, as I started to, like get to a place where I felt like, man, okay, God can use me. It was like, okay, when do I push my mom to step out and when don't I? And mm. like just learning those nuances of yeah. when to do those things is it's hard. The grief is hard. It is. Yeah, it is. But that, but all, all that comes through is like that relationship equity mm. that yeah. you have built. And that's why we're not meant to do life all by ourselves. Like mm. we're not meant to do life alone. Like we got to be close in relationship, but also just speak to the this fact of like, when the Holy Spirit brings a person to memory, mm. don't just let that go yeah. away. You know, yeah. it's for something. That's, that's you know, true, it's yeah. like right. when somebody that you haven't thought of in weeks or months comes to your mind, it's like, it's not just like, oh, why did I think of that person? I don't know. Move on. <laughs> you know, it's so, like, sure. you know, right. it's like pray for them, reach out to them, um, circle up. And and I'm not good naturally at, at doing those things, especially when somebody is, is grieving mm. or yeah. uh, yeah. whatever the case may be. And so push yourself to be that person who can that's be good. there for... 
uh, someone else. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't assume so. that they don't want to hear from you. Right? Yeah, yeah. That they, you know, that they have yeah. they closed need themselves their up. space. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, they need their space. But that's yeah, and that's comfortable for us to say. That's right. Oh, yeah. Drew exactly. needs his space. I think I'll just back <laughs> off yeah. for a while. That just yeah. lets us off the hook. Yeah. It does. It does. So maybe we keep a. You know, I'm not good about this either, but kind of keep a a log or a yeah. journal or yeah. however you do that. Put it in your those, calendar if you need to. Like, yeah, hey, three weeks from now, like I'm gonna reach out to this person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's so good. That's... Yeah. Hey, well, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of A Little Better. It's been a great conversation, uh, guys, around a uh, very yeah, yeah, tough good subject. Yeah. yeah, well, thanks so much uh, for listening and watching. Be sure to subscribe uh, so you don't miss a single episode. We'll see you again for the last installment next week, part seven of A Little Better. <laughs>